God has a great calling on our lives, but we're not always ready for that calling. We don't always feel equipped and gifted. Sometimes we look to others and compare ourselves. But did you know God thought of you millions of years before you were ever born? And now that we are his people, we are the church, we have a task to do. Jesus said, you will do greater works than I together. And the way he prepared us, because let's face it, we don't always feel ready. The way God prepares us is often through the people that he sends to us. And today I want to talk to you about the fivefold ministry. Now, if you're not sure what I mean by that, I want to take you to the scripture today. It's Ephesians 4, reading from verse 11. And you'll see here that the Bible tells us that Jesus gave gifts to his church, his people, to equip us. And I want to read the scripture to you now. I'm going to unpack it with you. And it says here, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. These gifts, look at them. Christ gave these gifts to the church. He gave apostles and prophets evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are called the fivefold ministry of Jesus. These are Jesus' own ministers within the body of Christ that he sends to us to equip us for the work. Are you with me? All of us have a calling and a destiny, and all of us are ministers for Jesus. But there are those with a specific assignment, a specific anointing, I should say, that unlock the gift within you. And I want to talk to you about them today because if you get this, you'll understand what God's doing right now. And you'll also understand how church could change and develop and how you can go forward in your walk and your calling with God. Because this is his gift. No gift is a gift if you don't need it. We need the ministry of such people. And God needs you to step up in this time as well because the world is looking for you. Are you with me? The apostles, prophets, I want to go through defining what they are and how we can respond to them. Are you with me? Come on. All right. Apostles pioneer churches and gospel ministries on fresh ground as well as overseeing their ongoing development. Okay. These aren't scriptures I'm quoting, by the way. These are my own definitions. They pioneer. That's what apostle means. It means pioneer or builder. Obviously, Jesus' core 12 were called apostles because they would pioneer the church. But they wouldn't be the only pioneers. Later on, God called Paul, and he would be a pioneer. But Jesus spoke to Paul and said that you would go into the, the land of the Gentiles, new ground, Paul would say, I'd never build where someone else is building. So the point of a pioneer is not to go where people already are. It's to go where they're not, where there's nothing, where there's no church, there's no gospel, and take it there and establish it. 
And people, some people think that apostles and prophets ended with the early church. But yet, there's no indication in the Bible that would ever happen. And in fact, there's been people throughout time in the 300s AD, people like St. Patrick or Patricius, who was an English apostle. He got kidnapped by Irish pirates, didn't want to go back to Ireland. God said, go back. And within 30 years of preaching, he'd established the church over the entire nation of Ireland, pagan Ireland, where they sacrificed, you know what, everything to everything. And it became a nation serving Jesus Christ as Celtic Christians. That's incredible. Spirit-filled Gaelic Christians. Full of the Spirit. Influenced by the Desert Fathers down in Ethiopia who were African um, monks, basically. Monks and pastors and priests and all of that. Titles don't always do it justice. But they had an influence, had a way of doing life, living in nature, and, you know, it's powerful. So even today, right now, we need missionary work here. Some of us have grown up in the 40s and 50s and 60s, well, even before then, and you were used to everyone going to church all the time, or you're from a nation where everyone goes to church, right? But here in this country, there's people who you'll meet who are like second or third generation without church, without the gospel. They haven't heard it. They don't know it. The language you're using, they don't understand. And we still send missionaries abroad, which is right. But there's a mission field here that sometimes we just think we've got to go out and we've got to get out there. Sometimes you just got to get across the street. Amen? This is apostles. We need new apostolic vision for the church here. They need strategy. There needs to be strategy. It can't be random. It has to be what God says. Oftentimes when someone's pioneering a new work, they're not sure, but then the prophets come along and confirm it. And that's what I want to talk to you about He's next. Capitol Hill. He was a Baptist minister, Diego. He said, I have a dream. His speech was a sermon to the nation about how things could be different, about what America could look like without so much racism, without so much discrimination, and certain people have rights and certain people don't. And he stood up. The amount of scripture in that, if you read it, so many scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, that I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Wow. And then goes on to say why we have rights in the first place. Because God made us. It's powerful. Speeches like this were prophetic. They were from the Lord to the nation. And it broke atmospheres, melted hearts. And God still has his men and women in place today in high places. And so there's different types of prophets. There's different types of evangelists as well. Evangelists are individuals who are called and anointed by God to enable, say enable, enable the bold proclamation of the gospel with dynamic results following. When you think of evangelists, we're right to think of people like Billy Graham, or Reinhard Bonnke, or Daniel Kalender. If you're not sure who these people are, just Google them. 
or read their books. People who preach to crowds of millions over their lifetime. God used them to lead millions to the Lord, preaching the same gospel that we preach, the everlasting gospel. That's what evangelist means, one who preaches the gospel. But it doesn't mean just simply that, because in the context of Ephesians 4, evangelists are to equip the saints. So people like Reinhard Bonnke would set up, he set up a ministry called Christ for All Nations. And it's still running today, even though he's not here anymore. And it's enabling the, the ministry of evangelism to keep going, to, to create books and resources and trainings, right? To equip the saints for the works of service, right? You see, you see where I'm coming from. We always think, I'm so glad we've got an evangelist here because they need to preach the gospel. We're all called to preach the gospel, right? But there's people who have gone further in that gift and are anointed in that, and they unlock the gift within you, right? You spend 10 minutes with Kevin. You want to go out and preach. You want to see people saved or any, evan- any anointed evangelist because they unlock it within you. They, they break through. Amen? Okay. So that's why I've written that we're, they enable it to happen. They don't just preach the gospel. Evangelists are those who have caught, been called by God to set their life aside for the sole purpose of winning souls, right? That is their primary. They want to see the gospel preached to the people God wants that message to go to, which is everyone, of course, but they have to get in their lane. So if you read in the book of Acts, there's an evangelist called Philip, and he seems to be by himself a lot, but he's preaching in Samaria, which is the town north of Israel, okay? Jesus has been there, disciples have been there, But now, after Pentecost, he's going as an evangelist in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's crowds in Samaria, and demons are screaming out, and people are getting healed, and there's revival in Samaria. And then God says to him through an angel, leave this for now, in so many words. Go into the desert, find this Ethiopian government worker. So he goes and he sees this Ethiopian, this African government worker in a chariot. The Holy Spirit whispers to him, get in that chariot. So he gets in with him, has a conversation with this man. The man so happens to be reading the book of Isaiah, a prophecy about Jesus. He explains Jesus to him, he gets it. And the man goes, well, why don't I just be baptized here? Because I believe. So they find some water and he baptizes him there and then. And you think, why would he leave revivals in Samaria to go and preach to one man. Main reason is because God said so. Because it's not about us. Jesus is the savior of the world. The Holy Spirit is the one organizing all of this. We just get following him. But this Ethiopian eunuch, okay, he was, would have been someone connected to the palace, connected with the Ethiopian royals. And he would have taken the gospel to not just Ethiopia, which was quite a big country at that time, but Africa itself. The gospel had not gone to Africa, okay, until that point. And God was strategic, and he's, he organized Philip to go to that man, and that man would have taken the gospel to the queen, the king. And then from there, the doors were open for more believers to come in. And for the first three centuries... The, the African church in 
Ethiopia, which encompassed all Sudan, was full of the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs, and wonders. If he hadn't gone, if Philip said, it's all right, I'll just stay in Samaria, that would have never happened. So it's important that evangelists go where they're called to go. Acts 17 talks about how God's placed everyone in the world where they need to be so that because he's not far from each one of us, God's organized. Think about how this, God put Israel in the middle of the world on the edge of one continent, Africa, Europe, Asia. It's clever. It's the center of God's center of the world. And from there, easy access through the Roman Empire, through the Silk Road to China, to India. Thomas, the apostle of Jesus, went to India to preach the gospel. And it wasn't so far to go. God's clever. God knows what he's doing. I don't know why I'm sharing all that. But I just want us to see why evangelists do what they do. Because they have a calling and they need supporting. And they need prayer. And they can impart that grace to you through faith. Amen? All right. When people, he's sent us great people to encourage us and to unlock the gifting within us. It's not always for someone else. It's for you as well. In the eyes of Jesus, there isn't clergy and laity, really. It's just us, the kingdom of priests and kings, to serve him. And we're all gifted in different ways, and he's made us to need each other. Amen? Does anyone here have any vital organs they don't want? Heart, lungs? It's a stupid question to ask, isn't it? Because you need all of them. The church needs all of the fivefold ministry. When a church only has just the pastoral and the teacher, which is often the case in a lot of churches, the church is missing four out of five organs that it needs. That's not healthy. You get a, you get a frustrated pastor and you get a frustrated church not going very far. God is given all five gifts to equip you. And just going back to the, the scripture that we read earlier, to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in faith, in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. How many?